I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Well, welcome back to Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's gorgeous episode, I got to have Jeremy Black, one of the co-founders of Sumbazon. Sumbazon, it's got to be the biggest company in the world. Uh, distributing acai or acai or however you say that word. Uh, we get into his story on how they went from surfer dudes traveling around Brazil, his, his, his brother and a friend actually, they all co-founded it, and um, went from eating these delicious bowls on the beach to the steps into creating that into the, uh, the empire that it is today. Um, they are doing a lot of really great stuff in the world, they're doing lots of charity work, um, they really give a darn about where the money goes and uh, how it's created. So really great conversation. We go across the board in this. Um, hope you guys really enjoy it. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. If you are drawn to that URL, you can start the five-day movement challenge where you will learn the fundamentals of how to integrate optimal movement into everything that you are doing. Every moment is an opportunity to move better in our bodies, think better in our minds. Uh, we just need a little bit of education, and that is a foundation to do that for y'all. Um, thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes. If you leave us a review on there and we read it on the intro like I'm about to do, we'll send you out a box of something delicious from on it. Review from uh, Eye of the Peacock. Five stars align your mind, body, and movement. I've seen this podcast called Nerdy, but Aaron Alexander is an absolute goofball and really makes learning about movement and flow, health and wellness, and spiritual self-care an absolute pleasure. I don't know why my words are so wacky right now. Uh, he knows a lot about movement. His five-day movement challenge on YouTube is worth looking into. Thanks for that. Uh, but he's super open to new information and other points of view from experts he has had. He keeps on going on with amazing stuff. Thank you so much. Hit us up on Instagram at AlignBand. Send a direct message, and we'll send you out something delicious from Own It. I'm presently here in Bend, Oregon. Just finished uh, driving from L.A. all the way up the West Coast, meeting up with a lot of interesting folks. You can follow along on at Align Podcast or Align Band on Instagram and um, meeting up with Gary Taubes, Carl Pally, Kelly Starrett. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming your way. So stay tuned. Enjoy this conversation. Hope you're having an absolutely excellent day. All right, here we go. Align Podcast. So what's the story, man? You went to... The Brazil, you probably told this story um, several thousand times, so I apologize in advance, but for people that don't know what the hell a story is, you guys, you and your brother went out to Brazil for a surf trip um, or something? My brother and one of my best friends. What was friend, his name? Skanda. Skanda. They went to Brazil uh, to celebrate the millennium, 2000. All right. Um, they went with my brother's girlfriend, who was Brazilian and uh, spent about a month down there. I, I wanted to go, but I couldn't go. I had a job. Okay. And What uh, was the job at the time? I was a financial planner. All right. Yeah. Cool. And uh, so I had to work, and they went down and, and spent a month down there and and uh, fell in love with Brazil, fell in love with acai bowls on the beach after you surf, and uh, towards the end they had a, a little epiphany when they were on the island of Fernando Genoia, which is a little tiny micro um, 
it's almost like a mini Hawaii where there's like max 500 people on the island mm. and there's an acai bowl shop and they're eating acai and they're surfing and they're diving and they're like, wow, if, if you can get acai to this little island out in the middle of the Atlantic, we should be able to get it home to California. Yeah. And, uh, started thinking about like how it, how could we open up an acai bar in California and uh before they left Sao Paulo on their way back they uh went into a, a really popular acai place and uh got some information about where they were buying their acai from and uh started making some calls up to the Amazon to where the factory was that they were buying from uh the processor and you know, six months later, it took it took a while with a lot of calls and a lot of back and forth. They actually went back to the Amazon uh, or back to Brazil and went to the Amazon and met with this guy. And he had promised them all this stuff and he was totally the wrong guy. And they basically spent two weeks looking around trying to find anything that resembled uh, a potential supplier um, of acai and at the very end, they found someone that, that might work, and that became the first supplier that we worked with. Mm. So I think, uh, like, uh, I think almost every traveling trip, uh, there's always kind of this, all these epiphanies of like, oh my God, this amazing thing in this country would do so well where I'm from. Exactly. You know, and it's like we get so many of those ideas, but I think actually actualizing that, that's like the big stumbling block for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I've heard uh, personally hundreds, if not thousands of people tell me I was in Brazil. <laughs> that was my idea. I thought about <laughs> doing that. <laughs> then I came home and found you guys were doing it. But um, yeah, I mean, and I, it, all, the, the full credit goes to my brother and Skanda because they were like, we're doing this. Mm. We're going to figure this out. I was back home. I was doing my thing. When I heard about what they were doing, I was like, wow, you guys are crazy. But Eventually, as I learned more about it, um, my realization is, was if this is what you guys say it is and this could be pulled off, this could be like a something that could change the world in a mm. positive way. Because, you know, we learned about the health benefits of acai, the antioxidants, the good fats, amazing stuff, obviously. Um, but we also learned that the, the proper harvesting of it um, done like sustainably would actually help give value to standing Amazon rainforest. Yeah. That really was areas that could easily be cut down and turned into cattle and soy and everything else. So that's kind of what's happening right now, right? Not, that's, not that's, everywhere, but the, that's what's been happening. Yeah. And the solution is not, you know, throw a concert and try and raise some money to save the Amazon. The The solution is actually to, incentivize the locals to grow and harvest things that aren't going to clear cut the forest, give them a financial incentive to, um, keep the forest standing and, and manage it, not basically realize like all my opportunities in one of the big cities, I'm just going to leave. And, and then you also leave it open for poachers and for clear cutters and multinationals that just want to come in and, and buy up all the land and then just pretty much destroy it for whatever they're going to do. Yeah. But if you can keep the local people there and they can take care of the forest that their 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 fathers and their grandfathers and 
the people before them did, then then we have a chance of actually like saving this Amazon. How much time have you spent in Brazil? At this point, just a few weeks a year. Okay. And it's more for family because uh, my wife and her family, uh, my wife's family's down there. But um, you know, we have a, a full-time operation down there, a factory with at times 100, 200 employees, and then we work with in the neighborhood of, uh, I think it's 15,000 now, family farmers. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, in the beginning of starting to bring some berries over the United States and convincing people that it's it's good for you, um, what were some of the stumbling blocks that you ran into as actually popularizing it? Uh, in the beginning, it was, I mean, it's just sure brute force when you don't have a bunch of money for marketing. We just, right. we took all the money that we could get and we used that to buy product and to make our product better and to try and, you know, have enough money to keep the operation going. So most of our marketing was sampling, telling the story, sharing the product. And honestly, it was, it was an easy thing to share with people because it tastes good, right. it looks good, and it has a great story behind it. But it was just the sheer numbers that we could reach was kind of the hardest part, mm. you know? It was just, you know, you're doing this and you're like, oh, we just killed ourselves for the last three days doing like four events over the weekend, but you really just reached a handful of people yeah. in the grand scheme of things in one city. And the reality was, you know, for this to work, we were going to need to, you know, do a lot more, meet a lot more people. And Yeah. So that's something, again, I, I just like, I think so many people are ex likely experiencing that right now, probably listeners of a podcast like this. Um, you know, so the, the journey of going from, okay, I did a trade show and I connected with 125 people or something, you know, but I'd really like to be integrating this into more of like a worldwide thing or countrywide thing. Is there any type of stepping stones or is it just start local and really dig into that and then allow that to take root? It's, it's slow and steady wins the race every time. Yeah. Right. You know, the, I mean, you look at some of the really successful brands out there that you probably respect, you know, the Patagonia's, you know, Guayaquil, Urban Mate, mm -hmm. this guy's been doing it for over 20 years, you know, 25 years, 30 years, right. you know, and it's just slow and steady. You just got to keep doing it and refining your, the way you do it and refining your, your product and refining, um, your business model. But, uh, you know, you just got to keep doing it. If it's right, you keep doing it. Do you, is there any other things that you see if you were, if this was 18 years ago or you had just like a, you were a different place in your life that you see when you're traveling, like, oh, this could be the next Asai? Um, Not necessarily even food related. It could be like, you know, anything, textiles, anything. Right off the top of my head. I mean, I, I remember when, when we started seeing coconut water come onto the scene. Yeah, or kombucha is a big one. And yeah when GT started doing his thing and it was small, but you, you tried it and you knew like that was legit. There's products that are just, you know, they're legit products and you, you can tell it's just not some like hyped market, you know, cool flash in the pan thing. It's like right. the real deal. And, and, uh, you can tell it's got legs. It might take a while, but, um, and people might not even be ready for it, but, um, 
Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, nothing that like pops to mind right now is like, what's, what's next, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but, um, you know, I think a lot of the things that are working with different types of, uh, the cannabinoids are starting to happen and people know that's, that's, that's the real thing. And that's medicine and healing. This is Amber Ray. Amber Ray. This is Jerry Black. Hello. Everyone listening, tune in to Amber Ray's upcoming book. What do we call the book? Choose Wonder Over Worry. Choose Wonder Over Worry. Beautiful Amber Ray. Hey, Amber Ray. At hey, Amber Ray. <laughs> um, she's going to be hanging out for a little bit. In and out. Nice. In and out. Um, I think it's always better just to announce things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, well, cool, man. So, what? So, uh, as far as like a cyber, I think there's a lot of things. It's like the auric value, the what is that? Oxygen reduction, radical, radical absorption, absorption capacity. Yeah. Blah. blah. Uh, they, I feel like there's a lot of different um, foods, super berries, super foods, all that that's touted to be like the big thing. Is that something? I mean, is a sci is a sci the one? Is it the chosen one? <laughs> Am I saying uh, it right? Acai. Acai. Acai, yeah. yeah. Um, the beauty with acai, and, and, you know, they'll say, like, it's not a competition to see who has the biggest ORAC chart, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's actually, like, what what does the product deliver? Is it good? You know, do you like it? Um, the interesting thing with acai to us was always the combination of the, the high antioxidants, um, the same kind you find in, like, blueberry and red wine, um, good fats, like that you find in olive oil and no sugar. Mm. And some of the acai products, including some of ours have some sugar because similar to chocolate, it tastes a lot better when there's a little sugar. And it's preservative as well, right? I don't know uh, if that relates to you guys' product, but not, yeah, not really for us. Okay. Um, but you know, acai and chocolate to me have a similar, like when you add the right amount of sugar, you really bring out the flavor profile. Yeah. And when acai is good and it's right, it tastes so good. And, um, so I like a little bit of sugar in mine, but you, the pure acai is just good fat, antioxidants and fiber. And that's, that's, that's a really powerful addition to any of any smoothie you're making at home. Hmm. That's an interesting thing. thinking of like, um, I think we think of berries as just being sugar, mm -hmm. you know, but there's actually a, a more complex nutritional profile than just is it a simple or complex carbohydrate? Mm. You know, is there, can you get into a little bit of, of um, maybe some of the other like components of it other than just like the, the carbiness of it, like fat? Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, there's fat in there? Yeah, it's a palm fruit, mm. you know? So it's actually a big piece of it is the fat. And the reason why acai got popular in the 90s when it came kind of out of the Amazon from like being a, you know, a regional food that wasn't sexy at all. It was just like a sauce to all of a sudden the, um, the Gracie Jiu Jitsu family is using it as like their secret, like mm. tasty, healthy treat because they took acai, which has got fat and antioxidant and they mixed it with Guarana syrup, which had sweetness and, and some kick to it from the Guarana. And you have all of a sudden this like super smoothie. Cool. Um, so it's like the bulletproof of, uh, of berries. The OG bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> it's the real shit. <laughs> Are yeah. other berries that way? Uh, not like, and, and actually technically acai is not really a, a berry. What is acai? It's technically a droop. 
I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like a palm, a palm fruit. Okay. You know. I feel like I, need, I don't actually know what an acai looks like. I should have done my research. Yeah, I mean. No, actually, no, I did it's see. It's actually one of the coolest looking fruits around. It looks like a blueberry, but it grows on like a 50-foot palm tree. Right. And in huge. It's like pods, right? Huge bunches, almost like. Yeah. Like, you know, most people can think, oh, I know what a date looks like because I've seen date palms. It kind of grows like that up on the top of a palm tree. Huh. Interesting. So what's next for you now? It feels like this was like 16, 17 years ago that this was probably like the real fire was, you know, if I can, we're going to take over the world with a side, you know, it's like, what's, what are you, what are you passionate about now? Is it still a side or what's like the next on the, on the um, list? Well, I'm still passionate about what we're doing at Sambazon because yeah. it's in a way it's really just started happening in the last few years where in the beginning we were all about these acai bowls, but none of the juice bars wanted to do bowls. They just wanted to do smoothies. And it seemed like it took about 10 good years before acai bowls started happening. And now they're starting to show up everywhere and great. So we're starting to make acai bowls available. Um, my passion personally right now is, um, you know, I, I love this concept of um, vote with your dollar. Yeah. And I think it's something that needs to get talked about more. Um, because we're all frustrated and want to see change, but we don't really realize that we're able to do that every day where we spend our money in the kind of companies we support. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you didn't really have the easy access to the transparency of like what's going on with this company that I'm buying X product from. But Today, whether it's food or, or a lot of other areas where you might spend your hard-earned dollar, it's, you, can, you can find out like what's up with the company that I'm basically keeping in business. Every time you buy X, you're basically telling that company, I love what you're doing. Mm. Make me another one. I'll buy it from you. Yeah. Right? Get Put it back on the shelf. So the idea that we can create real change by putting our dollars behind the right companies, the right products. Um, I think that's something that can actually really help change the world. Is there any specific um, companies or, or, or something that stands out for you as far as people being able to, if they want to invest their dollars into something that's, that's bettering the world? Is there any kind of like, if you got a couple extra dollars to invest into something, is there anything that you would recommend? Well, I'm, I'm speaking like, what are you buying? What are you buying you know, on a momentary what basis? What are you buying today for breakfast? What right. are you, you know, when you buy Samazon, yes, you're you're voting for a good company with, because we are a triple bottom line company. We care about what we're doing in the environment. We're doing good things. We care about our supply chain and all the people involved, and we're um, paying fair trade wages. Um, when you you know go to Whole Foods Market and you spend your money there, you're investing in a company that actually is really trying to figure out like, okay, who are my suppliers? What are they doing in the world? You know, um, there's a lot of companies out there. Um, I mentioned Guayaquil Yerba Mate, same yeah, thing. They guys. have like a triple bottom line. I don't know what that um, means. Triple bottom line. Triple bottom line. So um, most companies are basically working on a single bottom line and that's a financial bottom line and all their decisions mm. for the most part dictate like, is this going to be profitable? How are we going to, you know, is this going to help the business profit wise? When you um, subscribe to a triple bottom line, 
you actually put a, you think about what you're doing to the environment and you think about what you're doing to um, the socioeconomic element of your business. So does my business actually hurt or help the environment? And am I measuring that in some way, shape or form? Am I aware of that? Am I trying to uh, better that? Um, you know, if I'm a food company, am I, uh, in, am I organic? Um, if I'm not, why? And is there a path toward organic? Yeah. You know, um, am I fair trade? Am I, you know, paying people that work in my supply chain, whether you're a food or a product, uh, a living wage. And, you know, if you're not, are you just trying to make a buck or what's the deal? In right. the end, is your business going to help make the world a better place, you know, environmentally, socially, and economically for your company? Because if your company doesn't have that first bottom line and not successful, you won't, you won't be around. Yeah. So, um, the, the idea behind voting with your dollars is finding companies that follow a triple bottom line that care about, you know, what they're doing beyond just making a product um, and supporting them because by doing that, you're going to start to initiate change because other companies that aren't doing it are going to have to follow that lead um, because they're going to want to, they're going to want your dollar. So if the, if the public as a whole wants organic, everyone's going to start selling organic. Right. But if it's 1% because nobody really cares because people are like, eh, yeah, organic apples, two bucks, or non-organic apples, a buck. I'll just buy the non-organic, right? Well, what's, there's, there's something called the true cost. What's the true cost of the apple? Is it $2 or is it a dollar? The true cost is a dollar because it's done right. It's, or it's not depleting the soil. It's not putting pesticides into the river. Hmm. Um, the non-organic is just getting kind of a discount for getting away with things that it shouldn't be able to because there's no regulation getting away with on a short term. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the true cost there? True cost is $2. So in a way you vote with your dollar, you buy the $2 organic apple and you're supporting those farmers and you're going to stop supporting the people that are just getting away with it. Yeah. You wrote a book called the soul of money. Um, I haven't read that, but sounds smart. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it. So uh, one of the, the big takeaways I've been mentioning it in the, I mentioned in the last, the last episode we released, but it's, uh, aligning your finances with your intentions and your, your passions. And, you know, I think too often we just look at it from just various different perspectives in our reality. We look at it from the, just the bottom line. You know, so throughout the day to day, it doesn't need to be you run this big company, you triple bottom line. It's also just the way that you approach your finances on a momentary basis. If you can find, I think there's this kind of like long-term investment that when you can invest in something that really nourishes you, that you really believe in, even if it costs more, there's, you know, in her book, it's like, you know, it's like the, the soul, it kind of fulfills you in a level deeper than what you might even necessarily uh, be able to see right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if that's something that there are other ways you can think of that that relates into other parts of life. Well, yeah, I mean, even in the finance part, because I used to work in the in the financial planning and investments and all that. So a lot of people have their investments through their IRA or their 401k or whatever. They're just in these funds that are just invested in the highest return stuff the fund managers can find. But the reality is a lot of things that are 
delivering good returns are companies like Exxon and Halliburton and yep. companies that are not doing the types of behaviors that you would want to not only support, but profit from. And you kind of are if your mutual fund is invested in those companies. So there's a lot of funds that are starting to come up um, that are a lot more serious about finding, you know, triple bottom line type of companies or companies that have a social um, conscious or, you know, there's a movie that, um, that came out a few months ago called Prosperity. Mm. Um, and it talks a lot about that and it goes into banking too, because like, okay, well, where's, where's your banking going on? You know, what is the bank that you're giving all your money to, whether it's BA or Wells Fargo or whoever is convenient, what are they doing with all your money? You know, are they using it to help the world or are they using it to take advantage of difficult situations that you're probably going and protesting against, but they're, they're supporting Yeah. What do you think of like investing? Like Tony Robbins recommends investing in a, in an index fund and just investing in like the, the S and P and just having a slow return. Is that something that you would recommend? I mean, that's totally smart. If you want to turn a blind eye to, you know, what are the companies that you're investing in? Yeah. So if you're in an index, the index includes the Exxon's, you know, the, the big companies that are doing a lot of things that, you know, most socially conscious people would not approve of. Hmm. So if you're investing in those companies, you are part of that company. You are part of the reason that company is successful, you know, successful and you're taking those profits into your fund. And when you look at your statement, you go, Ooh, I made 20% last year. Right. The whales are bleeding and the dolphins are, (laughs) yeah, made 4%. You just participated with, you know, everything you're against. Hmm. and uh, put it in your pocket and pretending like you don't get it, you know? Do you think that has some, like, deeper kind of subconscious effect on us? You know, we kind of, like, share that in the in the ether? Or is it something that... I'm sure. I mean, if you Me believe too. in karma, karma, <laughs> karma is real. Um, yeah. Just because you're potentially maybe ignorant of it or something. But the reality is, like, you got to follow the money. Where's the money going? Yeah. You know, and if you are against these things, but you're using your dollar, you're voting with your dollar by supporting these companies and actually making money on what they're doing. It's a little bit of uh, you know, it's a little bit um, hypocritical. So I'm in the process of, of doing some investing right now where, uh, so a part of another interesting thing in relation to that this may potentially ring true for some people is, is uh, that I got out of the, out of the, the soul money book is stagnation of funds can translate into, you know, energetic stagnation in your body. Or like in my case, like I have varicose veins in my, in my right leg. And, uh, I also led for, you know, a while this kind of this, this, like if I would accrue money, I'd hold it, you know, cause I had like fear of losing it. And so I kept on building, 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 and I've recently had this epiphany that I'm like, oh my God, that same stagnation that I did with my finances, that's in my body. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know so i'm like all right i'm like like <laughs> push it out you know and so uh i'm i'm in this process right now of, of um finally starting an index fund which is like embarrassing that i hadn't previously i just invested a bunch of um into uh cryptocurrency mm-hmm. which what do you think of crypto you got any thoughts on that um I personally think that it's the future. Yeah, it's got to um, be. <laughs> it's just a question of how do we get there from here because it's it's more efficient. And the idea that, um, you know, they say like, oh, well, it's not backed by anything. Well, it's like, well, it is actually backed by something. And that's the fact that people value it. And there's some scarcity versus you can say the U.S. dollar has something backing it. But like, you know, in a way, they just can go make more and. There's inflation and then, yeah, completely. you know, people in the government make really stupid decisions and the value goes down and this can happen to anyone anywhere in the world. And um, in a way, it can take away a lot of those factors and there's a lot of inefficiencies and there's a lot of drains on on money, you know, that don't need to be there. Yeah. It's kind of, it's actually kind of lame. I, I think that um, it's, it's going to be real interesting to watch it unfold and I think that a lot of people even recently probably got a lot of FOMO with the way Bitcoin went up in a lot of the currencies went up in last, you know, towards the end of last year. And now they're down some and everyone's like, oh, I don't know. But it's like, you know, long term, it's going to be a rocky road. You can't just but again, slow and steady wins the race. You're not going to get rich quick on anything. You might. Some people are. But like, that's just that's not the norm. Yeah. You know? Don't don't count on it. Yeah. You know. Is there anything else you would recommend outside of the S&P 500? Is that what it's called, S&P 500? You know, I would, I would do you know, where I've invested my money for the most part has been in um, private organizations, uh, private companies that I, I really believed in the leadership. I believed in the mission. I believed in the product that they were creating. Um, and this isn't something everyone can do because it's sometimes it's like there's there's big minimums or you got to know certain people to get invited to participate in certain things. And it's also a lot more risky to invest in small privately held companies. But, um, you know, it's a lot cooler to to participate in a company that you really believe in and you can almost feel like it's a little part of it's yours, you know? Yeah. Um, and we were fortunate because we were coming up in the natural foods come, uh, world 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, like our friends are, are, um, you know, Manitoba harvest hemp seeds and he's just getting started. And, uh, Guayaki Yerba Mate had just gotten started. And, uh, you know, the list goes on of a bunch of cool young companies and we were in a nice situation where we could you know, participate in, in helping them grow those companies and even giving some advice here and there and um, helping each other. They were helping us. We were helping them. So that was really cool. Um, beyond that, I think there's a lot of um, really socially and environmentally conscious funds out there now mm. where they have fund managers that are vetting funds and saying, hey, companies like even... Tesla is a good example, even though like maybe the valuation of Tesla is crazy right now. So maybe it's not the best place to put your money if, right now. But like Tesla is a company I, I've, I've invested in because I totally believe in what they're doing. Mm. You know, they're um, and there's a lot of other companies out there that are even bigger type of companies that are really 
have their eyes on what are they doing socially and environmentally beyond just the profit. Is there any one that you see coming up that, you know, so you mentioned Tesla's maybe one that potentially would be inflated, but you know, who knows, is there anything that you see as like up and coming something that people could be looking into? It's okay if not. That's just, no, it wasn't I where I was anticipating yeah, this conversation. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it's relevant for people. Yeah, my headspace you know? has not been doing much research in that realm right now. Okay, but um, but there's some really good. If you if you search for um, you know socially environmentally conscious funds and companies that you can invest in, you can find a lot, and you can do a lot of your own research online and buy these things um, either through you know, direct through like E-Trades or brokers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to that, 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 um, direct, indirect fulfillment that you get from, it's almost like having children, you know, it's like hard to quantify that sensation that I have no idea what it's like. You're going to find out soon. Congratulations. Mm, Um, you know, but it's like that, it's probably quite difficult to describe that tether that you have of creating that life, you know, but I think that very likely there's that, that a similar tether in the sense of, oh, I'm investing in a, you know, a, a conscious company that I actually support what they're doing to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that most of us were just looking to, to feel content and happy and safe and secure in this world. And so that sensation of what you do with your finances, you know, like this show, whatever the hell the show is about, and, you know, your body health and all that. Um, I think that's a direct part of your levels of stress and your physiology is what you actually do with your finances. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's, it's a big piece of, um, the puzzle with our life between like, you know, the way we feel about the, our jobs and the amount of money that we're making and spending and budgeting and, you know, saving for things you want, whether it's, you know, um, college for your kids or retirement, quote unquote, (laughs) it's not the same as it used to be, but you know, we used to say when I was doing the financial planning, it's like, they don't, money doesn't come with an owner's manual. It's one of the most interesting, like you don't even get any real good classes in college on it. Um, I mean, maybe they're starting to do a little more, but it's, it's pretty weak actually for how important it is. Um, and the, the crazy reality that I spoke about earlier of like, you know, everyone's chasing returns, but a lot of people aren't talking about like, what are those returns coming from? You know, are you, are you investing in the companies that are doing a lot of the destruction that you're totally against? You know, it's, it's really important to look at that. Well, one, thank you guys for supporting this podcast via grabbing yourselves an Align Band. Align Band is a heavy-duty resistance band. comes along with a door anchor and a traveling case. And uh, you can attach that band to any hotel door, any car door, any door around your house. And then you got a resistance band hanging off of your wall, just like you would at any kind of CrossFit gym or any kind of gym. Uh, you can decompress your joints. You can use it for exercise. You can use it as a yoga strap. Uh, it is a true minimalist tool that I definitely carry with me anywhere I go. And... Uh, um, yeah, it's my go-to tool. So we got that for you guys at aligntherapy.com slash gear. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, you can hit me up directly at alignband on Instagram. And if your question relates to other folks, I will just post up a video specifically catered to that question. Uh, there's also an online program that goes along with it. And yeah, truly is the one tool that I bring with me everywhere I go. So we got it for y'all. Aligntherapy.com slash gear. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What kind of traveling have you done? Have you done any kind of like uh, 
like vagabond backpacking type trips or is it usually like intentional we're out in a place for a couple of weeks um i've done a lot of different traveling i've been real fortunate in that regard i've always been passionate about getting out there uh, i think surfing helped me get the bug to do that when i was young and i started traveling to central america and and even like the southern pacific to to look for waves and then kind of got this bug of like oh now i want to go you know, I want to go to South Africa. I want to go to, you know, all kinds of places. So, um, I've been very fortunate. I've done the funnest trips I probably have done in my life, either surf trips, like on a boat somewhere, or, right. um, I got to do a few years where a few buddies of mine, uh, and myself, we did, we got on these motorcycles and rode around for three weeks and, you know, Patagonia and South Africa yes. and New Zealand and basically had everything on our bike that we needed. You know, we stayed, either camped or sometimes we just stayed in a nice place or went out to nice dinners after a long day on the road, drank a lot of wine and, uh, and had a lot of fun. Saw a lot of cool stuff. How long was the motorcycle trip? They were usually like three weeks. Cool. Yeah. What kind of bikes? Um, usually like 1200 BMWs. Oh, good. Something that could handle long days, um, and on and off road. Cool. I did a, it was about a seven month trip through Mexico and Central America, just like living out of my hammock. I was with a buddy for half the trip and then kind of just farting around different places and meeting up with random people on the way. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a trip. Some of the experiences and lessons and such that you get out of something like that. It's, I feel like a lot of the times you don't really feel like you're learning anything at the time. And then you look back at it a year later or two years or 10 years later, like, Oh, that was actually really important yeah <laughs> I, I think uh, getting away uh, from your life for yeah. a period if you can longer than you know two weeks if possible is really healthy to do is is you know at least a few times a year and if you can do it for longer i did um about 10 years into sambazon i did a six month eight month sabbatical and that was that was one of the most powerful things i ever did cool what it looked like um, it was one of those motorcycle trips. It was, you know, Morocco and, um, living in Hawaii for a month. I always wanted to just live where I could get on a beach cruiser and go surf every day. And, Which island? Um, I was on Oahu mostly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and what else did I do? Just went to Brazil, cruised around Europe a bit in the winter and got to, to snowboard for a while. And, um, geez. It, 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 it went by in a flash, but, uh, yeah, that was a really special time. Yeah. What was your experience like in Morocco? People listening to this, I, I was, I recorded a bunch of, I was out in Morocco for a couple months, like I think a couple years ago or so, something like that, but I recorded a bunch of audio. So if people listen back, you can hear like random sounds of Morocco that we, mm -hmm. that we gathered. What was your experience out there? I've heard so many mixed reviews about Morocco. Well, I loved it personally. If, one, if you're a surfer, it's a great place to go Fuck because man. yeah. It's got beautiful, um, somewhat uncrowded. There's crowded spots, but you can find some really uncrowded and, and desolate, like feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, really beautiful, sweet people, um, but it's a totally different scene than a lot of places you go in the world because like, most people don't drink. And, you know, so it's a whole different um, energy when you go into cities because they can shut down a lot earlier. And if it's not like a big yeah. tourism thing, um, People are a lot more like mellow and it's quiet and um, 
you know, the Atlas Mountains are super powerful and the, um, the, the Riots were so cool. Like some of the best design, like some of the, um, places, um, I got to stay in there and yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, definitely one of those places that everybody should go to because we, a lot of times us Westerners, I guess we tend to like bounce around all these kind of fun like spots a lot of people that we know went to or whatever but it's really important to get into some of the countries that you know maybe no one in your family's ever been to like a place like Morocco or you know like I got to go to Jordan and some places where you know we're there's there's not a lot of uh, westerners there's you know not a lot of people that um you'd be used to being around when you're traveling as a tourist, you know, and it's, it's really healthy. Mm. What was Jordan like? Jordan was a big, beautiful desert. I got to go to Petra. Um, cool. and that was one of those places just, I don't know if it was because of the Indiana Jones or what, it was one of those places I always wanted. Just like, I have to go there. It's just, you know, breathtaking. Yeah. Something that's, that struck me with, with being in Morocco was the, uh, the prayers, the five times a day. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny, I think it's like from our kind of, maybe you could say for some like small minded perspective of, as a, a Western person, I don't mean that in any kind of negative way. It's just like, if you're inside your box, you're inside your box. Um, growing up as like a Christian person, I think if I hear like Muslim, I think like satanic, or something, you know, as a little, as a little guy inside the box. Mm -hmm. And then I go there and I start seeing the traditions and, and getting to spend time with these people and, you know, the intention that they're putting in these, the meditations that they're doing. And, you know, no matter what you're doing throughout the day, you know, it's whatever time noon and we need to stop everything and we need to have a little prayer. Yeah. You know, there's something really powerful about that, that yeah, we just don't have in this culture. That's, that's real. And that's part of the whole, like, go to some of these countries that you've never been to. No one in your family's been to. And everybody that tells you everything is how it is, has never been to and experienced yeah. something. Cause you might, you know, that you, that same experience was kind of happening to me. My first few trips to Indonesia, um, for surf. But when you started like really getting to know the people and seeing their culture and you're out in the water and you're hearing the, um, the call to prayer, it was just kind of sent chills down your spine. Yeah. Like, this is so cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I was reading, I think it was Anadea Judith, Judith, Judith's book who I've, I've had her on here as well. She wrote, wrote, um, a book called wheels of, of light. And in there, one of the things I gathered from it was like men, especially, um, oftentimes we kind of are attracted to a female, via our cock, you know, we're like, cool, I want to, I want to get laid, you know? And then that's, it's like, okay. So it starts kind of more of like a general thing. And then that through that, it moves up into the heart and you're like, oh man, all these things happen. I had no idea. I just wanted to get laid. I think that that can happen as well with like a surf trip, mm -hmm. you know, or anything you got. So I want to get some tubes, chicks. And then all of a sudden this other stuff starts kind of rubbing off and you didn't even realize it. You know, but it's like in order for that to happen, you have to take the trip in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, is there any other places you're planning on uh, rallying to? What are you thinking? What's 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 exciting? And we'll wrap we'll wrap up pretty soon too. Well, we gotta go. One place that um, was really special, two places is uh, India and Sri Lanka, and uh, I was fortunate enough to 
to go there to do Panchakarma, which is like an Ayurvedic cleanse that mm. um, can be, you know, three to four weeks long. And it's, um, it's a great way to detach, get really like, get some great medicine from a Ayurvedic doctor, um, get some great body work, get some great, you know, all kinds of amazing treatments. And, you know, in India, there was a little bit of surf. So we were doing a little of that in Sri Lanka. There was a lot more, so we got to kind of mix in, but, um, you know, that was, that was one of the more powerful things I've done as far as like mind and body health, um, with those Panchakarma trips. What does that look like? How do you call it? Panchakarma. Panchakarma. Mm -hmm. I got to get some of that. Yeah. I would recommend it. Yeah. So what is, what is that? What's like that entail exactly? It's, it's kind of a bit of a reset for your, for your body, for your health and for your mind. I mean, you pretty much have, you know, let's call it, you're supposed to do three or four weeks minimum. And the whole objective of the whole time is to get rebalanced. You know, we have, you know, we have the vata, we have the pitta, and we have the kapha in Ayurvedic medicine, the fire, the earth, um, and the air. And you get imbalanced in different ways. And the idea of the panchakarma is to help, like, balance those elements back in your body and your mind. And sometimes you're way over in one area and you might have an acute condition, a disease, or something that's really out of whack and... and um, and the panchakarma can really help kind of, it's like a big reset button. How do they do it? Um, well, they do it by first the doctor starts to see you and see what's going on with you and learn about you. Um, and then they basically, they give you a specific diet. They give you different types of, of medicines, um, Ayurvedic concoctions, if you will, um, and treatments, whether it be, um, different massages with oils, different types of steam baths, different types of, they mm. do the shiodara, if you've ever seen like where they're dripping the oil on, on the third eye. Um, that's one of the treatments that's pretty, pretty out of this world. Mm. But they do all kinds of different treatments over the period. You get like, let's call it like two or three hours of different treatments a day, along with the three meals that they kind of are like, here, eat this. And the food's really good. It's not like oh, eat this like wafer or something. Actually, it's amazing food. It's just don't eat those foods because they're helping you be out of balance. Right. Like eat these foods because they're going to bring you into balance. You know, for me, you know, part of it was I run hot. So they're like, stop eating all the spicy stuff. I'm like, I love the spicy stuff. Yeah, but right. They're like, that's throwing you more out of balance. So for that period, I'm eating what they say. I'm getting these treatments. And then you have a little more downtime. You're your daily, you're trying to get into your yoga and your meditation and you put all that together. And after a month you come home and it's, you know, it's pretty good. And, uh, I did that. I did that as like my gift to myself for my 40th birthday. And it was, it was the best thing I did. How long did that last? About a month. Okay. Yeah. It's intentional. One month you're in doing the, the Panchu Karma. Panchu Karma. Yeah. Panchu Karma. Uh-huh. That's tight. Yeah. Is there something like that in, in United States? Uh, there are some places you can do it. I think in Santa Fe, New Mexico, I know they do it, but, um, and, and, and if you don't have the time to go, you know, halfway around the world and do it, um, that's a great option, but, uh, probably a lot more expensive in Santa Fe. It's it's more expensive and, you know, and it's really awesome to go to either India and Sri Lanka and do it. 
What's the cost? I think last year all in with my plane ticket, I spent like five, five grand on three weeks. How much without the plane ticket? Um, take away, you know, a thousand or 1200 bucks or something like that. So, okay. So not cheap know, not for India, for India standards. Well, I wonder if there's other ways. There's, there's probably there's some, some other ways to do it. I definitely went to, to a really good spot because yeah. we'd done our research and we'd tried a few different places in the past. And this was like, but I mean, when you break it down on a per day thing, where can you go on a vacation, a really good vacation and be gone for three or four weeks and spend, you know, less than, you know, three or $4,000. It's pretty tough to do. Wow. How much body work were you receiving during that time frame? I feel like there's a lot of people listening to this that might be like, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, you, you get, you were getting like at least an hour and a half of massage a day. And the last place oh. I went, I was getting, um, at least a daily acupuncture too. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what did you gather from that experience? Maybe like unexpected or, you know, whatever, just before, or after, was there anything that you felt shift or change? Um, well, last time I went, it was actually the third time I've done it. Um, so I did it three times in four years. And part of that was because my wife had, um, we wanted to have kids and she has Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid condition. And she tried a bunch of things and I was like, let's go, let's go do Panchakarma and see what happens. And Mm. after the first time she saw some, some significant help to the condition and really like helped, I think slingshot her to the right direction. And so we decided to go back and do it again the second time and, and it really uh really helped and we're we're almost full term now and she's had a great pregnancy and a lot of the issues that you can have um she hasn't had so mm. feel pretty good about like the work we did there but um you know it's all i can say is it's it's super relaxing it's it's, it's good for your mind body soul everything and uh the reason I really like Sri Lanka too, as of late, because we went there the last couple of times, is because the surf's pretty fun actually too. So you can do a lot of this, and then you can you can play a little too. Cool. And great people and um, great stuff to do there too, as far as just like tourism stuff. You can go see a lot of beautiful temples and. Cool. Yeah, yeah we. Um, I think too often we end up looking too much on the mechanics of our bodies. You know, because that feels very, if you come from more of like a linear mindset, it feels good to, to isolate things down and say, oh, it's like a bicep, elbow, you know, just being very myopic with that. But sometimes your diet is, maybe that's one of the biggest effects or maybe your work or maybe your investments, you know, where your money's coming from or your relationships or your, you know, the music that you listen to, the colors that you're around, you know, the, I think there's, there's so many different factors to what the dynamics that end up building this, this structure that you're in. Mm-hmm. So kind of like softening a little bit and being open to maybe some of these other cultures that have been doing these practices for thousands of years. It's like, there might be something, something to it. Is there anything else we will we'll wrap up here? Is there anything else that's, uh, you're excited about anything you want to mention? Anything that's relevant in this? Uh, I think we kind of covered most of the stuff that's, that's floating around in my head. Cool. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. Then where do people where do people find find you find? Uh, I mean, Amazon's all over the place. Just go to the grocery store. Yeah, we're uh, 
yeah we're in most grocery stores cool and uh juice bars and do you guys have like 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 a website with like recipes and stuff like that yeah. is that like it's, yeah, that's probably sure. all floating around there's probably oh, lots yeah. of that tons of that cool try and make it easy and then as far as um what about for things like donations or things that uh, for people that are in a position as meager or large as it may be for just like making their own lives or the world a better place is there anything that you'd recommend as far as just something to support um you know i when i start thinking about supporting things beyond the like starting to understand where your money's going exactly yeah um i think the basics are really important food and water um so there's quite a few organizations out there that are doing a good job getting you know like water filtration systems to people that really need them um a friend of mine john rose has an organization called waves for water and if there's a tsunami, if there's an earthquake, if there's a something, they're like there and they're mm. deploying these pretty inexpensive water filters that actually make it so that a lot of people that need access to clean water can just use this filter. And Are and they the ones that it. are made of cement? That they, 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 like, they have, have the, the frame of it and then there's the different layers of it and you pour the water through? Um, they're really simple little charcoal filters. Okay. Yeah. They're like plastic, like yeah. you ship them over. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, you can... If you're going somewhere, you can buy like 10 of them and put them in your bag, carry them with you. Okay. You know, if you're going to a country that, you know, could be a place where they could need those and you want to distribute them and um, they have a little program, like do you want to be a courier to wherever you're going? But, oh, cool. um, you know, I mean, the the basic, basic rights, people need food and water. Like it's it's just kind of BS that this day and age, we still haven't figured that stuff out when we can, you know put people in space and all the stuff we can do. It's like, let's, let's take care of the basics, you know? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing some time. Yeah. Drinking some CBD honey tea and some, uh, herbs from the Amazon. Yeah. It's quite good, tasty. Quite tasty. <laughs> Thank you, brother. All right. I really appreciate it. Recording over. Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. There's some ways that you can support this podcast, one of which you can pick up an Align band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band. It comes along with a door anchor and a carrying case and a video guide on how to mobilize those joints and integrate that body of yours. Really great stuff. You can be found at AlignTherapy.com and also on Amazon.com. Um, thank you also so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right hand sidebar of the podcast page. Bookmark that thing. Anytime you purchase some crap on Amazon, purchase that crap through that link. We get percentage of it costs you nothing. And I think that's enough. Thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Pow.